0: Paul McGuire report on Paul McGuire. Today is a very important day on the Paul McGuire report because we're going to dig deeper and unravel the truth. Now, the truth um, represents many different dimensions. We can have theological truth, spiritual truth, medical truth, physics truth, legal truth, and on and on and on. But for the purposes of today's program, And in relationship to the fact that we are now in what the great communications theorist, Marshall McLuhan, he called this age that we're in, um, the global village. And it was his thesis that that the world had actually become smaller and smaller and smaller and more village-like, more tribal-like, due to all the proliferation of communications technology. Than it had been before all this communications technology came on board. So he was saying the planet has actually shrunk. Now that's debatable as to how credible his theory was, but it, it, it was it was significantly credible enough to to ignite a communications revolution. And the communication revolution, you and I are still in the aftermath of that, and that communications revolution encompasses everything from the hive mind, the world brain, where a nanochip broadcaster and transmitter embedded in your brain or your <clears throat> hand or maybe someplace else in your body, after they, they question, who who is they, embed you with some kind of microchip implant, nanochip implant, perhaps a biochip implant, maybe even a DNA chip implant, then you can be tracked anywhere on planet Earth. You are under 24-7 surveillance. Every banking transaction, financial transaction, every deposit, every withdrawal, your entire life is under not only the eye of Orwell's big brother in 1984, but it is under the microscopic eye. Of Big Brother, and by that I mean everywhere you go, whether you come in or you go out, anything you do, the average American, <clears throat> excuse me, the average citizen too of planet Earth, may give mental assent to the fact that these technologies are there and they're in place. They may do that, they may not most most people live in denial, or if not denial of the outright fact, denial of how dire the consequences. Will be for them and their kids and their children. Should this thing, this Goliath, this giant, should this Goliath and this giant continue to march across our land to strut back and forth, mocking the armies of the living God? Now, by armies of the living God, I'm not talking about some kind of human militaristic, you know, breaking the law, violence type of army. I'm strictly talking about. I want to clarify this with great precision. I am strictly talking about and only talking about what the Bible would classify as peaceful, law-abiding, and a spiritual revolution in which the weapons that are used in spiritual warfare are exclusively spiritual weapons, such as prayer and fasting and calling upon God and intercessory prayer and and the, the the methodologies by which we fight a spiritual war is we do not come down and resort to <clears throat> uh breaking the law and things of that nature. why? because they're counterproductive in the long run ultimately, America and other nations they are governed yes by by human governments uh but at the very top of the, the Pinnacle of the pyramidal-shaped um, ziggurat, that pyram- pyramid-shaped uh, building on the back of the U.S. dollar, which is a pyramid. All pyramids in in architecture, the architectural term for uh, pyramids are called ziggurats, and the the ancient occult uh, religion of mystery Babylon. is recorded in the book of Genesis at at some length, and as you recall, the head of ancient Babylon was a guy named Nimrod, who many people thought, many people, researchers thought Nimrod had supernatural powers, and that Nimrod was the the product of interspecies breeding between non-human DNA, thus fallen angel DNA, and human DNA. Now, Nimrod was an interesting guy because the word Nimrod, which is his namesake, means kind of a slayer of men, a hunter of men. That is a very odd uh, translation for a name uh, that people would refer to you as uh, a hunter of men. Why on earth would Nimrod, who was allegedly a possessor of very high high level supernatural and spiritual powers, who was an intellectually and spiritually a genius, why would he why would he forego his supernatural powers and his supernatural wisdom and step way down to to be seduced and that is a good word for it to be s- seduced by the momentary enticement or the the transitory Enticement of what the Bible describes uh, as Satan's strategies. The, The way the Bible describes Satan's strategies is that they're called the wiles of the devil. So whenever we're involved in spiritual warfare, we're also involved in a multi dimensional battle with the wiles of the devil, which could be translated Wiles of the devil could be translated the schemes of the devil, the strategies of the devil, the maneuvers, the deceptions, the delusions of the devil. That is the devil's uh, playground. The devil, or Satan, is also known as the father of lies. So, if we really uh, take apart those scripture verses in light of Uh, a supernatural understanding via the power of the Holy Spirit in light of a supernatural understanding and revelation of the history of God's people, the Jews, the children of Israel in the Old Testament, and a careful study of God's people, the Christians, um, in the New Testament. And what we see is that God's people are called by God, first and foremost, to fight their spiritual battle and spiritual war in heavenly places. Heavenly places means we're not supposed to be fighting a spiritual war uh, in earthly places using earthly weapons and earthly strategies, because if we embark on that deception, it is we, the supernatural body of Christ, it is we that will be brought into captivity It is we that will be made slaves, and it is we that will not be able to fulfill the mission assignment that God has for us, that He gave to us before the foundation of the world. And all of this is incredibly uh, critical truth to understand. Okay, so let's go back to the devil. You can't understand spiritual warfare unless. You understand who the devil is, who God is, and what are the assets of the devil, um, what power or powers are necessary to to defeat the devil and so we we learned that as we as supernatural Christians, when I say when I define us or we as supernatural Christians, I'm simply stating the fact that we are Christians that are not Christians because we decided to claim that. Uh, uh, nomenclature for ourselves, that title for ourselves. Oh, gee, I think I'll call myself a supernatural Christian. No, that has nothing to do with it. You and I become supernatural Christians the very moment we put our faith in Jesus Christ uh, to become our Lord and Savior, to cleanse us of all of our sins by the blood of Jesus. And the moment we put our faith in Jesus Christ and through prayer invite Christ to come into our lives and through the Spirit of God, regenerate us in the inner man <clears throat> or inner woman, and make us born again. When we are born again, we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Now, this is absolutely critical to to master, to own, and it is critical for you to have your own firsthand supernatural revelation of what this really means on multiple dimensions. Because what it means. Is that when you go back to the beginning of time, and the beginning of time, and the beginning of of mankind's part in the beginning of time, would have occurred uh, simultaneously with the time that uh, the devil or the serpent of old. Now, why that that language? Because um, the being who is called the devil is a fallen angel. He's the most powerful fallen angel, and he has all kinds of supernatural powers, and he has taken over the earth in a temporal sense, and he has become uh, the god, the temporary god of this world. So he has temporary supernatural powers. And among those temporary supernatural powers, and the devil has a lot of them, uh, is The followers of the devil, the fallen angels, the demons—all those that are following Satan and Lucifer in their coup d'etat or their spiritual revolution against God being um, God—they are attempting to foolishly overthrow God from His rightful position, sitting on the throne room of God and sitting in the throne room of heaven. And it is the lust and the spiritual deception of Lucifer or Satan, to be the king or the ruler of this world. And when when uh, Lucifer or Satan uh, coerced and, and deceived Eve and then Adam, and they ate from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the Garden of Eden, they instantly triggered the death switch, and they instantly activated the law of sin and death. And that means that at that very nanosecond, man's body, brain, soul, spirit, whatever went into an instantaneous state of physical degradation, spiritual and energy degradation, uh, a degradation of mental faculties, a degradation of intelligence, a degradation of longevity, longevity, and an overall uh, fast track diminishing of the supernatural powers of God that God embedded in every one of his true children. And by true children, I mean all of those men and women who have accepted Christ supernaturally by faith into their lives and who are born again. All of those people have the supernatural powers and the supernatural giftings to uh, overtake Satan, to defeat Satan, To bind the works and activities of Satan. And God gave each one of us, since before the fall of man, God gave each one of us an entire long list of absolutely mind blowing and awesome supernatural powers with which God expects us to use them in the last days against the devil. We have all kinds of supernatural powers. In addition to that, when we study the Word of God, which, by the way, the Word of God is not just a book. If you're trapped in the delusion and you're just stumbling around, bumbling around in the holographic hallways of the matrix, perpetually lost, that's not God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life is not for you to be lost in the maze of the matrix. God's plan for you. Listen to me very, very carefully, because right now there is a multi-trillion dollar sales promotion, sales pitch being generated from the major power centers of planet Earth, like like the top doctors and geneticists and DNA people and scientists and on and on and on, the technology people, the, the scientific elite, the, the scientists that are ruling our world. They are, they are on a mission, and they know, unlike most Christians, precisely what their mission is. And let me describe to you what their mission is in a nutshell. Because if you don't know what their mission is, you, you can't tell me or anybody else you are incapable, and I don't mean this as a put-down, but you are incapable of having an intelligent conversation with people who are trying to find out the truth. If you don't know what's going on, you're essentially useless in communicating to people an understanding of what's going on and giving them answers to what's going on. So, what's going on quite simply is this the real God, the true God that exists, is called the infinite personal living God of the universe. The infinite personal living God of the universe. Is the only God, the true God, and He's personal and He's infinite and He's eternal. And uh, when God created all men and women, through their software, God has embedded in every man and woman divine software that that contains incredible amounts of ability, talent, gifting, understanding, etc. etc. Now with this divine software, or this divine DNA, or this divine genetic code, or the genetic code that we have from God that has already been pre enhanced before the beginning of time, we are capable of doing a plethora of things that is, that is so far beyond what most people think is possible for us to do. So, let me give you an example. Right now, and again, this, this truth that I'm going to share with you now is a life-and-death truth for you to understand and master. You can't just, you know, gloss this by. You've got to own this truth, because whether or not you own this truth is going to determine your children, your nation's, your world's outcome. And further than that, let's take it all, all the way out on the timeline. Whether or not you own this truth will determine the quality and the future of your children and grandchildren, the nation you live in, and so on and so, so forth. So, knowledge is power. And if you lack the basic knowledge of where this learning and intelligence is going to take you, you have rendered yourself somewhat impotent on the spiritual battlefield, which, by the way, as you know and I know, is definitely and absolutely not the will of God. So let's begin with this premise. You know, it's, it's very taxing to me, um, and it's not because, and I want to emphasize this, it's not because I think I'm better than anybody else. I know that I'm not. But you see, when I see my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ constantly reject the truth of God's Word, and replace it with false teaching, false doctrine and a non-biblical worldview. I'll be very honest with you, it breaks my heart because God's people are throwing away their supernatural assets, their supernatural weapons and everything that they need to defeat Satan and the principalities and powers and everything they need to be overcomers in the last days. So, this is how it this is how it plays out. We know from reading the book of Genesis that God is very sophisticated. As such, God created each one of our genetic codes. Every one of us, according to the Bible, has a separate, individual, unique, and totally different genetic code, DNA code. Nobody else has the same DNA code that you have. Your DNA code is so unique that um, nobody has a DNA code like it. and your dna code is so unique that that just like your thumbprint and your fingerprints is totally unique and different than anybody else's and a great way of uh, using it as an id because nobody else has the same thumb code and or, fin- or finger index finger code that you have so you have a very unique thumbprint and fingerprint you also if you go through the airport which I made the mistake of doing. And I know better. I know better than doing this. But it was one of these deals where I had to get up at 2.30 in the morning to leave my house to drive to LAX, Los Angeles International Airport. At the crack of dawn, I was exhausted. I didn't sleep that night. You know, I was racing to beat the traffic into the airport. And when I got there, I normally say, absolutely not, I'm not interested. When they offer you, or they used to offer you, a retina scan file for free, and then you pay for it on a monthly basis. And I got conned into something that I know full well is not in my best interest, which is, I went up and had my iris uh, eye scan, and then that was entered into a massive international computer system. And what it is, is it, function as, it functions as one form uh, of a national ID. and. Normally, I wouldn't have done it because I don't think anybody should be indiscriminately. You should not be giving away your DNA, your thumbprint, your your iris retina scan, your, your, your blood work, your genetic code. Whatever it is that identifies you and uniquely you and is like a bank vault, an electronic bank vault on your most private information, you should be making a solemn swear to yourself never to give that information away. Now, this is going to bother some of you. I know that, and I'm sorry, but you need to be told the truth. I, for example, would never have my genealogy or my genealogical records of my ancestors and their DNA and, you know, the flow the flow charts they'll print out for you of your ancestors going back, you know, 400, 500 years. I would never do that. And the reason I would never do that is because that is giving... Too many people that I don't know, that you don't know, all kinds of top secret information about you and about me that they should not have, and the potential of abuse as a consequence skyrockets. Now, before you or your friends give me the proverbial stupid answer to that statement, which is always the same, this is the answer of a stupid person. Would you like to hear it? I'm going to give it to you. No, I'm not inferring that you're a stupid person. But what I'm saying, excuse me, what I'm saying is this is the answer of a stupid person. They will tell you regarding, you know, iris IDs, fingerprint IDs, and these other DNA IDs and all this stuff. They will they will tell you, like little parrot robots, little parrot cyborgs. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. And here's, here's the one-liner they will use, like cyborgs or robots or androids. They will always say, like little robots, well, if you have nothing to hide, then what do you have to be worried about? And that is a false dichotomy argument. That is, that form of trying to win an argument, uh, that structure and maneuvering and trying to win an argument is one of the oldest techniques in verbal rhetoric and, and winning a debate or an argument there is. You raise up the straw man argument that I have nothing to hide the inference is anybody who disagrees with you must have something big to hide otherwise they would be giving away all the information so right out of the out of the gate you're you're entering a debate with a false set of constructs and a false set of values because it is 100% not true that people who don't just give away their iris scan, their ID, their DNA, uh, their blood work, and any other uh, classified information on them, they're making the assumption, the faulty, erroneous, non-proven, non-factual assumption, that anybody who, who chooses not to give away that personal information must be a criminal or have a criminal background. Or something of that nature. Now, it's very important to understand this strategy and this methodology in debating because it's used all the time. And I guarantee you, and I promise you, if it hasn't already happened to you a thousand times, it's going to happen to you at least a thousand times until you die. You will be approached with what I call a straw man argument, which attempts to raise up. The false and incongruent um, <clears throat> debate structure, built on a complete falsehood, which which goes like this: the only people who you know want to hide stuff or whatever are those people who have something to hide. The only people who don't want to give away their fingerprints or thumbprints are those people who are criminals or have something to hide. So the "something to hide" excuse. Is uh, a one size fits all excuse that is factually, logically, rationally erroneous and faulty any way you slice it apart. Are you with me? It's a completely fallacious argument. It doesn't work. It doesn't click. It is an irrational argument. And it's used successively and viciously, especially against Christians and conservatives who haven't bothered to do their homework, and therefore, those that hate Christianity, those that want to see our freedoms taken away, um, have to surrender in a debate. They, They can easily lose a debate if they don't master and understand this knowledge. Are you tracking with me? Because this is critical. It's used against you. It's used against me constantly. This is the truth. The truth is that I the truth is that if you were take, to take a percentage and a numerical amount of you know hundreds of millions of intelligent, highly perceptive people, if you were to take a survey of let's say 800 million people who who statistically are the smartest, the most intelligent, the most perceptive, the most logical, the most reasonable, the most uh, uh, astute if you were to take that percentage in that category of people, the really intelligent and smart and perceptive ones, you would overwhelmingly discover that just on a statistical basis, the group of the most intelligent people will be the ones percentage wise who overwhelmingly decline to to indiscriminately uh take unproven. Uh, uh, medical procedures that don't have long-term track records, it's not the dummies that are declining that. It's the gullible, the stupid, and the foolish that are are indiscriminately allowing their bodies and brains to be experimented on. And overwhelmingly is the more intelligent, the more sophisticated, the more truly scientifically knowledgeable people that will not just open the doors of their heart and mind to be experimented on uh, by unproven and potentially dangerous technologies. So there we are. And now, because we live in the Orwellian age, which, you know, supposed to begin when the novel said the year 1984 by George Orwell. And George Orwell predicted, and he wrote 1984 decades and decades ago, but he predicted that we would have an Orwellian totalitarianship, a Big Brother society, and that every citizen would be spied on. From inside their television sets, you will be spied on everywhere. You will be controlled by scientific mind control and drugs, and you will live in an all-controlling totalitarian society. That's where we are now, not the future. It's now, and the the engines of totalitarianism are social media systems like um, the Facebook and Instagram and Google and on and on and on and on. Please don't get me wrong. I am not isolating one or a few or whatever uh, social media companies and saying, well, they're you know, Orwellian. The whole system is Orwellian. It can't be anything but Orwellian because of that phrase, a- absolute power corrupts, And absolute power corrupts absolutely. So in order for you to be a free human being, you really, really need to step up your game. You need to be self-educated. You need to read and understand the latest developments in science and genetics and technology. You really need to know uh, what the Great Reset is, what the hidden agenda of the Great Reset is. And when you really, really know these things, it's only then that you can take strategic maneuvers that are necessary to preserve your freedoms, to preserve your religious freedoms, and to outmaneuver those that are pro-totalitarian and anti-human. That's what this is all about. Okay, this is Paul McGuire. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report. Here's the bottom line. You and I cannot win. This spiritual, psychological, cultural war that is raging across planet Earth. We cannot win that in our own strength. But if we are connected to the biblical God, if we receive power from on high, if we renew our minds with the Word of God, if we study history and science and technology and culture and government and Bible prophecy, and yes, most of all, most of all, the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, Then and only then, we can have the supernatural mind of Christ, we can be clothed with power from on high, and we can uh, rely on what the Bible calls the dunamis, or the explosive dynamite force or dynamite explosion of God. The word dunamis comes from the word dynamite, which comes from the word the dunamis or dynamite explosive force of God. And God wants his people there's no such thing as an ordinary Christian, and I need to repeat that to you again. There is absolutely no such thing as an ordinary Christian. Every single Christian who is truly born again by faith in, in, this, in the Spirit of God and who chooses to be clothed with power from on high, every single Christian who chooses to be clothed with power from on high and who is born again and is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit Every single Christian who is in that category is and can be defined as a supernatural Christian operating with supernatural power and is more than an overcomer in this great last day's battle between the supernatural church of Jesus Christ and the principalities and powers uh, of the evil one. Because right now we are in the very center. Some people think, and I'm, I'm going to reserve my judgment for other occasions, because I have talked about this in you know, hundreds of hours of sermons. If you go to paulmcguire.us, you'll see hundreds of hours of my messages on Bible prophecy that I've given at Paradise Mountain Church International. And uh, you can watch them for free on our free Roku channel. But you've got to join the Roku channel. It's free. And spread the Roku channel not fear, just you know, indulgence. It's to spread the message far and wide, and spread that message far and wide, and spread the message of what we're talking about far and wide. Because this, look, what this whole conversation is about is about freedom. Will we have freedom tomorrow morning? We may not. Given the, the current trends, we may not have freedom tomorrow morning. Will we have freedom? What can we do to protect our freedoms? What can we do against One of the most militant, formidable adversaries and enemies the human race has ever encountered. And I'm talking about the Great Reset with Klaus Schwab, or the Great Reset with uh, Yuval Noah Harari, or the Great Reset financed by the World Economic Forum, the Bank of International Settlements. And remember, a Great Reset. In terms of definition, is nothing more than what they used to classify as the New World Order. The proper definition of the New World Order, according to the Bible. So, people who say, oh, well, he believes in the New World Order, people have said this about me all the time. I don't give a you know what. I don't give a blank. I'm not trying to be rude, but I don't give a blank about what ignorant Christians or ignorant people think about me. Or how ignorant people pass judgments on me, or how ignorant people will falsely attempt through lies. They will attempt to falsely categorize me as a conspiracy theorist. I don't care about that. That's irrelevant. That's like an ant uh, arguing with an elephant. And I'll let you guess whether or not I'm the ant or the elephant. I don't care, and you shouldn't care either. And let me tell you why, simply on a rational basis. Why should you, an intelligent human being, created in the image of God, possessing the DNA of God, why should you care for even a a nanosecond? Why should you care if people think you're a conspiracy theorist, or people judge you falsely, or people call you names, or anything like that? Why should you care? You shouldn't care, because their appraisal of you, their consensus of you, their judgment of you, in in the long term of things, is literally completely irrelevant. And let's break it down. If there's a group, I'm going to be blunt because that's sometimes the best way to communicate. If a group or collection of stupid people who have a reputation for being ignorant and not knowing history, not knowing science, not knowing technology, and not knowing facts, if this group of people who are notorious for being stupid and not intelligent, if this group of people, if they, in their stupidity, decide that you are a conspiracy theorist, your words or opinions are to be discounted because after all, you're just a conspiracy theorist, and and you know how the rest of that mantra goes, that should not bother you. one iota you now why? because it simply does not matter what they think or what their appraisal of you is it is irrelevant and it doesn't matter you say well why well let's just do the math again and i think you'll agree with me i think you'll concur and i hope i hope the lord gives you a revelation of what we're talking about and and sets you free from any residual bondage of name calling or whatever from the past let's just play it out why should you care one iota if any group of people attempt to marginalize you, demonize you, classify you as stupid or a conspiracy theorist or anything else? Why should you give a hoot? You shouldn't. There must be something very intensively wrong with you, or there must be something highly out of adjustment about you in terms of your psychological composition, if indeed you do care what people who know nothing about nothing Think about you. It doesn't matter what they think because they're irrelevant. You see, if they were intelligent and smart and respected and well read in new history and science and technology, oh, yeah, it'll be a whole different ballgame. Then <clears throat> you better be up for a challenge and you better know what you're talking about. But if if your challenge is coming from essentially idiots, it is it is the height of lunacy to to, to to give it a second thought. I don't care what I don't care what people who know nothing think about me, and neither should you. Because I'm too busy, as I assume you are. I'm too busy and you're too busy fulfilling the mission that God has called you and I to fulfill before the beginning of time. I'm caught up in that. I don't have time uh to play trivial pursuits with you know. People who suffer from uh, a, a, a critical dysfunction and, and basic cognitive thinking. Okay, so now what prompted this beginning, which I agree is somewhat lengthy, but now we're going to <coughs> expose the truth. That uh, yes, let's say, let's tell the truth. There is a conspiracy to s- destroy and eradicate the truth our culture and society. That's that's a fact. So this is the this is the strategic dilemma that we're in. You and I cannot allow ourselves to give in to the luxury of being concerned about whether or not stupid people praise us or like us or agree with us. We we are literally it's not a matter of pride. We're simply above that. That that is a characteristic and I'm asking you politely to track with me. That is a, a, a deadly char- characteristic of people who are infected with what I would call low level thinking, low level cognitive skills, and low level perception and intelligence abilities. People who are trapped in low level brain power, low level perception, low level cognition. People who are trapped in that low-level modality um, are essentially forever stupid. And they are exactly the kind of people that every single totalitarian state in history has desired to mass-produce on what we can only call an assembly line that doesn't produce or manufacture cars, but an assembly line that manufactures idiots, but a a certain kind of idiot. The assembly line, which very much exists in our society, if you think that there's no assembly line, you're, you're very, very deficient. The assembly line that I'm alluding to very much exists, and this assembly line is specializing in a particular kind of manufacturing. The purpose of this assembly line is to produce through mass manufacturing the purpose of the assembly line is to produce through mass manufacturing to literally manufacture idiots to let idiot after idiot roll down the assembly line so manufacturing idiots is the goal it's the engineering goal, the technology goal of an entire brave new world, 1984, scientific dictatorship, totalitarian regime, and, and, and technological elite totalitarian regime. They know, and they've known this since going back to ancient Babylon at the Tower of Babel, they know that the only way that they can enslave the masses is to use scientific social engineering and scientifically dumbed down the masses, and transformed the masses into slaves. Now, the, the mighty British Empire, which, is at one, which was at one time the most powerful empire in the world, and then it declined and America became the primary empire of the world. The mighty British Empire uh, was ruled by intellectuals and scientists and mathematicians and Satanists and occultists. The mighty British Empire utilized a very specific form of social engineering to control the masses, not only in Great Britain and throughout Europe, but the British Empire used social engineering to control the masses in faraway places like China and India, etc., etc. So when you go back to ancient India, which embraced the occult religion known as hinduism hinduism is the worship of many gods in my brand new book um power from on high i have a title uh a, t- a chapter title that is entitled the 9 billion names of god and i'm giving you in the, in my chapter the 9 billion names of god a high powered fast moving understanding of uh the occult Hindu religion. Now, remember this. This here, what, what the journey we're going to take over the next very short sequential walk through, through a kind of c- cerebral uh, wilderness is extremely powerful, and it's empowering because when you understand that, you will be able to change the reality that we live in. Okay, so this is the way. So this is the way that it works. Um. In order to shortcut walking in the wilderness as, as a church and a people and ending up in a totalitarian state, the, the way to shortcut that is, is to develop targeted spe- specific strategic knowledge. The way to fast track and develop targeted strategic knowledge is to put yourself on a self-educational program Where you immerse yourself in the Word of God, study of the Word of God, where you you enhance your prayer life biblically, where you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, where you study and robustly develop a biblical worldview. Those are the methodologies that jumpstart the mind of Christ that is forming in your inner man or woman. You cannot fight the, the intelligence of the devil with human knowledge. He couldn't. Adam couldn't, but you and I can defeat the powers of Satan if we don't rely on our own mind, but if we by faith rely on the fact that we have been given the mind of Christ. Let me repeat this again. You and I, at this very moment in this last day's battle, have been given the mind of Christ. When we possess the mind of Christ by faith, we now possess and have access to supernatural knowledge. It's just like you were watching some, you know, the X-Men or Wolverines or whatever. God has given you genetically the supernatural ability not to be a counterfeit God, but God has given you the supernatural ability to, to access first by being clothed with power from on high. When you're clothed with power from on high, then The dunamis, the explosive dynamite power of God, explodes in your inner man and inner woman. And that activates, on a quantum level, it ignites a supernatural um, development and acceleration of your spiritual gifts, of your natural gifts, of, of a whole spectrum of gifting. And once you can access this whole spectrum of gifting outlined in the Bible, and don't go beyond the Bible, once you prove yourself trustworthy in doing this, then you can use the weapons of our warfare that are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So that you don't walk around like a doofus. You're walking around like a highly trained spiritual warrior. A highly trained spiritual warrior is not a doofus. A highly trained spiritual warrior is like a biblical equivalent of a Zen warrior or a Zen master. I'm not promoting the occult. I'm talking to you about someone who lives in spiritual discipline and relies continually on the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, understands very, very quickly that all these doors of gifting and possibility will begin to open up in your life on a supernatural level. Once you choose to walk through that door by faith, then... You will become more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. So, to that end, I'm saying we need to work together and we need to work together fast, relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. The key is unity, not non biblical unity, but unity. We must have the true unity spoken of by Jesus in the Bible. And then we are to move functioning as one. To move functioning as one. And when we function as one, thinking with the mind of Christ, relying on the power of the Holy Spirit, it's then that the, 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 the tide of the spiritual battle radically turns. And we are no longer being set up to be the slaves of a global reset. We are no longer being set up to be programmed to live in a hive mind or a world brain. or a, become. We are no longer destined to spend forever in a concentration camp a digital concentration camp, as the slaves of the World Economic Forum, that projected scenario can end the very second you and I chooses choose that it ends. So, as for you and me together in the Lord Jesus Christ, let us say together in the name of Jesus, and let us put an end now. Let us put an end to the dark plans of the evil one now, and let's declare it. Lord Jesus Christ, it ends. The work of the evil one ends. And the work and works of God's people and God rises and begins. In Jesus' name, this is Paul McGuire. Visit PaulMaguire.us. That's Paulmaguire.us. We got a bunch of books that are on fire, and they're at a super discount right now. You can save a lot of money by simply going to paulmaguire.us. That's paulmaguire.us. Those are the exact same words that the revolutionaries in the streets of Communist China and the revolutionaries in the streets of Communist Russia would chant during their revolution. Because, you see, our students of all races have been so totally dumbed down, so totally uh, socially engineered, so deeply placed under mind control and programming that they've been Programmed. They've been so thoroughly indoctrinated and programmed and subject to scientific mind control that they can't think straight. So here's a projection that you can bank on if the banks are still alive and well a year from now. But if the banks are still alive and well, still operational a year from now, you can bank on this fact that I'm going to tell you because I guarantee that in a certain period of time, and by certain I mean, I'm not going to give you an exact date, but I'll say sooner than you think amount of time, America, the streets of America will be filled with riots, burnings, lootings, revolutionaries, anarchy, and an all-out revolution will be taking place in the streets of America. This will come as surely as the sun rises in the morning. Because all the economic, the social, the mind control, the propaganda systems, they're all, they've, all be, they've all been put in place. And they're going to be activated. And there will be mass riots, mass rebellion. And then at a certain point in time, there will be military troops patrolling the streets, the government of America, military troops. And some of these military troops, by the way, may very well be from foreign nations. Because the people who are behind all this know that American troops uh, are not going to be, at least at this stage of the game, we don't know what's going to happen even further down the line, but at least at this stage of the game, American troops and police are going to be so brainwashed or they will have been programmed and citizens of foreign armies like the Chinese. So you'll literally see Chinese or the troops of other foreign nations coming in from foreign nations and invading our city streets, our communities, our suburbs, our cities. Our government, we will either see an invasion from an external military force from a foreign nation, or we will see our own soldiers. And listen to me carefully. The reason I'm saying we will see from our own soldiers is because our own soldiers are not the same soldiers of 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. This new this newly programmed batch of of American soldiers and police have been subjected to globalization, globalized brainwashing brainwashed into believing in a one world government u n troops may possibly be on the streets of America. None of this by the way, in none of this am I exaggerating even i an iota. You' better wake up because you can be sure and you can bank on it that chaos is coming why because the the the, the primary operating principle of the of the occult globalists is a, a satanic maxim called order out of chaos or new world order out of chaos the idea is you you cause chaos which causes violence and mass upheaval for the intended purpose of creating a new order of things, a new world order of things, or a global reset. So the basic formula, it's been around for a long time. It works like this. You secretly engineer total chaos. The total chaos creates a sociological situation which invites a new kind of order a new kind of police order a new kind of government order a new kind of social order and a new american order or a new america or an or a new world order so order out of chaos is one of their maxims which which also can be translated and parallels another occult operating system which is order out of chaos or manufactured crisis. And you've heard the other expressions that go along with it. Let Never let a good crisis go to waste. The globalist elite are the ones that finance the communists, the Marxists, and so socialists. The globalist elite are the ones driving us to the uh, new world order or the Great Reset. At a certain point in their stage of operations, they will initiate Total chaos, planned chaos. The purpose of the planned chaos is to create a situation which demands the, the implementation of a new order or a new, new world order. So manufactured crisis or manufactured chaos is needed to create their new world order or their new system. That's why they say never let a good crisis go to waste. That's the formula. Order out of chaos is part of the formula. And in my books, by the way, I talk about these things in detail, and I show you the symbols of this revolution. We are at, my friends, the precipice of annihilation. If you can't see that visually, and if you can't understand that intellectually, then you have succumbed to the mass sedation of the masses. You have succumbed to mass mind control, propaganda, uh, social engineering, and all the rest of that stuff. Now, time is running out. Anyone who thinks, anyone who lives in denial, like the Jews and the Christians in Nazi Germany, they all lived and were under the spell of Nazi scientific mind control or Nazi propaganda or Nazi brainwashing. They all were hypnotized by it. And so in their induced hypnotic state or scientific mind control, the Jews and the Christians, when they heard the rumors that that thousands and millions of people were being slaughtered in the Nazi concentration camps, when they heard the rumors of that, when they heard news of that, both the Christians and Jews all responded by saying, they, they all responded by being in a state of denial. They all said, no, that can't be happening here. That could never happen here. That could never happen here. Those words are, are the, the verbiage of total denial of what is happening. So when all these people uh, who were working in their shops and their jobs, when they were all repeating like a mantra to the people who were coming to them and saying, <clears throat> you know, there's millions of people being uh, sent to concentration camps and dying, My My brother and my sister, she was hauled off to a concentration camp. The Jews and the Christians heard this repeatedly, and they, they answered it repeatedly in the same way. It can't happen here. It can't happen here. And guess what? Despite their denial, it was happening here. It was happening here. It was happening here. And now, you need to open your eyes, because what you've heard Your response should never be, God forbid, your response should never be, especially if you claim to be a Christian, your response should never, ever be, it can't happen here. Why? Because right now, at this moment, at this minute, at this exact second in time, it, yes, it is happening here. It's happening here, and it's moving up to full force. The signs to anybody who knows history, anybody who knows economics, anybody who knows anything about psychological warfare, we all know that it is now happening here. And soon, it just won't be your uncle, your cousin, your brother, some guy you worked with that has been hauled off into a camp. Soon it'll be you. And God is giving you a choice now. For a limited time, God is giving you the choice now while the doors of freedom and hope are, are still open. In, in, the, in the final hour, the doors are still open for you to take back what was stolen from you through, through biblical spirituality, through God-given intelligence, and most of all, strategic, not stupid thinking, strategic thinking. You have a limited period of time in history to save yourself, because time is running out. And one final word for my brothers and sisters in Christ who whose theology is all messed up. If you, because you were biblically lazy in your study of Bible prophecy, if you think in your imaginary moments that the minute they come to your door, you're going to get raptured, you are in a classical delusional state. And I'm not disparaging anyone who believes in the rapture. But I am disparaging and I am challenging people who have not bothered to think out uh, their rapture eschatology properly. You You just did it as lazy as you could. The fact of the matter is Ideas have consequences. Bad ideas have bad consequences. If I tell you Jesus said, and he did say, occupy until I come, then we're supposed to be, as Christians, occupying until he comes. There's many verses like that. Did he say that out of vanity and stupidity? No. He said, if we occupy until he comes, why did he say that? He didn't say surrender until I come. He didn't say give up and die until I come. He said occupy until I come. That supported with 50 verses I could give you off the top of my head, suggests to you that we are to occupy until Jesus comes. Occupation means establishing spiritual dominion over the land and the society that God has placed us in. And when we properly have studied the Bible and when we have properly understood the biblical meaning of occupying until he comes, we know that inevitably that also means that if we are to occupy until he comes, we're also to extend that occupation not only in the spiritual realm, the economic realm the political realm, the governmental realm, and all realms. And where did it say that in the Bible? I feel like slapping people when they say that. It says it in the Bible because God gave you the mind of Christ. And if you bothered to have a biblical worldview, you would clearly understand that you're not supposed to be standing idly by and doing nothing while your country, America, is undergoing a violence, death-like, totally destructive social revolution that will mean our demise. Ideas have consequences. If you understand Christ's teachings properly, we have been given a choice whether or not to allow America to slide into tyranny, dictatorship, and, and allow America to slide into a totalitarian regime. Jesus Christ, when he said occupy, is implying you're to occupy. That doesn't mean a militaristic misinterpretation of the Bible. It means that we're supposed to occupy until he comes. And we're supposed to be salt and light until he comes. And we're supposed to be the light of the world until he comes. And by doing those spiritual things, like really, not faking it, but really evangelizing, Until he comes, making disciples of all nations until he comes, all of those activities synergize and create a true biblical Christian. When when we truly evangelize, we change the inner nature of men's lives. When we truly make disciples of all nations, we truly teach all men how to behave and act and function in, in line with what the Bible teaches. Those, when they're done properly, are proactive and preemptive spiritual warfare attacks against the devil's plans. You see, when people are being converted to Christ, when people's minds are being renewed by a biblical worldview, they're not going to be Nazi totalitarians knocking at your door, because you took part in the renewal of your mind and the renewal of their mind. The window's open. The door's open. God's knocking at the door and saying, open it. There is still sufficient time to open the door and save our nation. We may be very late in the game, but better late than never. The time is now for the body of Christ to rise in the power and both the humility in the Holy Spirit. But it's a twofold game. It's to rise in the power of the Holy Spirit, but simultaneously to rise in humility with the Holy Spirit. It's not one or the other. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us.